<laughs> what did you just say? I said we should make our own Survivor show. Like, sorry, did you mean like a podcast about the show Survivor? Or do you mean we uh-uh. should make our own Our own Survivor show? Yeah, our own reality TV show. Do we want to link it to Hardy and Sons or is this independent? It could definitely be linked. I think every single trap they go through is a Hardy Boy theme trap. Every game, everything. Every game, is, uh, every yeah, everything you have to play. Surrounded deals by with wolves us. in a cave. Drone <laughs> <laughs> crowbars. Uh, they solve, get their solve pack mysteries. Lunch. Yeah, give them pen knives, disguises, of course. See, I think the horn rim glasses. The difference would be, oh god, I love that part. <laughs> the difference would be in current Survivor, like actual CBS Survivor, uh, Jeff Probst Survivor. Yeah, they're not fed. Like, oh, they're not in, fed at all. Incredibly meager meals. Sometimes they're given rice. Other than that, they hunt for stuff. They have to fish. Like That's a big element. And then you get hungry and stuff. We would have the opposite. We're going like, to overfeed. We're going to like take a meal from this book. And it's like, okay, you got to eat a full pheasant, <laughs> two baked potatoes, a cake, two cookies, and you've three got three glasses of milk. You've got 15 minutes. Go. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> oh, this writes itself. Oh. I mean, this is genius. 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 So, Were you doing a Mr. Deeds reference right there? Um, Yes, I was. Okay, good. Yeah, that's a line punch. I... I fell out of old Boo Radley's ap- apple tree and went to see Dr. Pepper. <laughs> it's a fine movie. It's a great movie. It's it really hangs on the neck of John Totoro. He is awesome in that movie, though. He's very good. He's awesome in that movie. I actually think Winona Ryder's pretty darn good in that one too. Everybody's pretty good. Oh my, yeah. As I think about it, it's a great movie. It's a fantastic okay, movie. John it's... McEnroe's great in that movie. Yes, everyone is great in that movie. Alan Covert's great in that movie. Would you stop soaping your butt? Yeah. It's a good movie. He's great. Yeah. We should we got Mr. Deeds. <laughs> and then Grandma's Boy. He's got a great boy. soundtrack, too. Yeah. Reverend Al Sharpton is great in that movie. Reverend Al Sharpton in that movie? Signore Weaver. <laughs> Chip Olay. Yeah, he's the... Uh, he goes up, Deeds goes up to do the rhymes, and he's like, uh, I'll bring the beers. I'll bring the beers. And then uh, Al Sharpton comes up to him and says, that was good rhyming. Yeah, he's pretty great in it. Okay. It is a performance. I need a refresher. Yeah. (laughs) I went to Seattle. Oh. Seattle or Seattle? Seattle. Okay. I I thought you said I went to Seattle. Were you an Office fan? No. There's a scene where they're doing trivia and the dumbest people. Yeah. The dumbest characters are all put at one table and they start winning somehow (laughs) because they... Like, they're obscure pop culture references and whatever, and these people know it. <laughs> so then they think that they're great, and they go, like, sign up for this trivia circuit. And it's in, like, the, the clothes, like, over the credits. And it's them being asked all these questions, and it's they're getting them just horribly wrong. <laughs> yeah. And they're holding up their whiteboard with the answers. Um, but one was, what city, or what, what place in the United States did Ray Charles famously have on his mind? And do you know the answer? Uh, no, no, Georgia, Georgia, Georgia on my mind. Yeah. Okay. One of his songs. For sure. Yeah. Uh, and Kevin holds up and it says, what is 
Seattle, but it's S E E hyphen L. Okay. Everyone keeps telling me I need to watch this show. That might have show. sold me. It's a good show. Yeah. I mean, I've seen clips of The Office, but no. There's too many seasons. It's like nine seasons. I don't got time. There'll be people who tell you, you only watch till six. I'm a completist. I like them all. Yeah. I like them all. The, I'm not going to stop. I yeah. watched all of Game of Thrones. If I did that, I can watch all of anything. Yeah. I yeah. believe in you. Yeah, thank you. You can do it, David. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> I only mentioned the Seattle trip, which I discussed in the last episode, Yeah, to say that I had a bunch of plane ride time, airport time, and a bunch of anxiety-fueled sleeplessness Yeah, uh, that I used to read the original book in its entirety. Yes, you did. You got the book at 9.15 today for our 9.45 <laughs> meetup, yeah. and you had read three chapters when we recorded the first episode. Yeah. Now, what chapter are you on? Uh, I'm on page 115. Okay, out of 240. Out of 240. Uh, two, 226 Yeah, or so like I've that. read more than half. Yeah. And I want to say I've read more than half in less than 45 minutes. So take me through some of what you've noticed so far. I oh. think first and foremost, it's got to be that name. That name is my favorite thing. Actually, first and foremost, I have to say, on the first page, and I've never seen this before in a book, uh, but there is a small little uh, section that's in these fancy parentheses that says, this book, while produced under wartime condition, in full compliance with government regulations for the conservative of paper and other essential materials, is complete and unabridged. I did not stop and look at that. But. I found that absolutely fascinating and immediately said, oh, boy, we're in for a ride. What a ride. What a ride. What a ride. I want to see just my highlights. Can I do that? Oh, if you can, that's amazing. Uh, but the very first two chapters, boy, oh, boy. Do they really sell their previous books? The entire time, oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. was just like, "What is this, Garth and Wayne?" It was twenty pages of yeah. It's like that time we did this, and how many times they mentioned that Fenton Hardy is a world class detective. I thought we should make a drinking game. Anytime they say that, someone has to take a shot of Welsh rarebit. <laughs> <laughs> just pure cheese. <laughs> Um, so the first departure is that in the in the rewrite, they yeah. go like camping or hunting to some weird hotel. They're going through the woods. Their car's almost breaking. And then somebody gets that. shot. Yeah, I don't remember that one bit. This guy gets shot in the leg. It's just a stray <laughs> oh, bullet Lord. by hunters. And they go help the guy. And that's Mike Onslow. And Mike oh. Onslow tells him about how he was out west, tells him this whole story about being a prospector and getting yeah. screwed over by Black Pepper and his gang or whatever, and and Bart Dawson and the rest of them. Yep. Instead of hunters with a rogue bullet and camping in the middle of the summer, the boys go ice skating <laughs> in the winter <laughs> and get caught in a blizzard. Yeah, forewarned, though. By Aunt Gertrude, yeah, who was like the uh, the old man in every slasher film who just says, you're doomed. I loved how they described her. I only highlighted a few things in this book. Um, yeah. But, uh, on page four, their Aunt Gertrude, an elderly, 
crotchety maiden lady of certain temper and uncertain years. <laughs> Eyed them suspiciously as they came into the hallway. I, li- I like that. There's some, some feathery language here that yeah. I appreciate. It's great language. Um, but so they... Uh, so I love these. I love these originals. Yeah. Um, so they're like, we're going to go ice skating. Yeah. Instead of we're going to go into the woods and find a hunter who's been shot. <laughs> Uh, goodbye, Aunt Gertrude. Run along. Be home early. Don't skate too far out. Don't get lost. Don't get caught in a snowstorm. I'm sure there's one coming. I know the signs. Oh my, my lumbago God. is troubling me again today. Don't forget to come back in time for tea. Just a great, great character. She is color. fantastic. I love every sentence of Gertrude. And I don't know because I haven't finished this. But between my boy who just got set up, one of the greatest name of all time. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you hit us with it. Jad Barry Wilson. <laughs> J-A-D-B-U-R-Y Wilson. Jad Barry Wilson. Jad Barry Wilson is Old never Jad referenced Wilson. as Jad. Anytime they say him, it is fully Jad Barry Wilson. Oh, yeah. Okay, he's a two-name man, and he's a full name. Don't call me Jad. Don't call me Barry. Don't call me Mr. Jad. It's Jad Barry. It's Jadbury Wilson. It's Jadbury Thank Wilson. You. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> but instead Barry of stumbling Wilson. upon Mike Onslow, who had been shot in the leg and was screaming, they skate up a river. Blizzard gets so bad that they can't get back. And they're like, we're going to take refuge at the bottom of this cliff. So they, yep. they go next to this cliff. They hear some noises. And they shed. Like, or, or, I'm well, sorry, they, a cabin. They hear a noise. And someone throws out this, like, throwaway line of perhaps it was a tree that blew over. And old Frank goes, a tree wouldn't make that much noise. And then Joe looks at him and says, ever since you read that book on falling trees, I can't take you into the woods. Does he say that? Is no. that real? <laughs> but that is a real thing he says is a tree wouldn't make that much noise. And then it goes into an entire description of what a falling tree would sound like <laughs> with the snapping of timbers. <laughs> and I thought, here's his new thing. He's into, like, lumberjacks and tree felling. <laughs> That's fine. Whatever floats your boat, man. Um, uh, but so, so they the, see the shed. The noise that they hear is a cabin mm-hmm. that was on top of the cliff, but the wind was so great <laughs> that it blew the cabin off of the cliff, yeah. and it fell... Intact. <laughs> One wall was sort of broken. The roof fine. Three walls fine. Yeah. Jadbury Wilson <laughs> safely preserved inside. Under his bed, I think. Yeah, underneath the cot. Yeah. Uh, and then within minutes, they clean it up a little bit, start the fire in the stove. <laughs> Everything's working. Everything's just fine. fine. There's some bacon that they found in the cupboard. They always make a note of, like, we opened the cupboard, it was a mess, but everything was there, and everything was edible, and nothing's broken. (laughs) Do you think the house was on, like, almost like a sled surface, where it was just an aluminum shed, to where the ground was also aluminum, so it just slid along? No. Yeah, it couldn't be. Because they were taking refuge from the storm. You wouldn't do that next to a hill. You need a a drop-off. You need a surface. Yeah. And this shed made the trip. How did it do that? We keep that? saying shed. It's a cabin. It's, it's a, a cabin. House. Yeah, it's a cabin. Yeah. Um, we should try and test out the science of this, of build a cabin on the top. Mythbusters. Mythbusters. Hardy, Hardy Boys, Boys edition. edition. Yeah. 
This is perfect. Yeah, Nathan Fielder confront this because he has uh, a lot of experience building entire sets inside of warehouses. Yeah, and wasting millions of dollars. When he brought his bar across the country, <laughs> yeah. and they had to cut, cut it because it didn't event. fit into the new space. Oh, so good. Um, but so this uh, this house falls. They find an old guy in it. Who's like, man, I got such bad luck. Of course my house would fall off this cliff. <laughs> I used to uh, be a prospector. Yeah. And I had a bunch of gold that was taken from me by Bart Dawson. And Which the, was very refreshing to I see that Dawson. Bart Dawson and the Colson brothers. Oh, yeah. The Colson brothers are new, though, right? I don't remember the Colson brothers. Yeah, they were there. They were? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Bart Dawson remember. and the Colsons. I just remembered Dawson, and I remembered uh, Hank the Shale. Black Pepper. Well, yeah. Yeah. Hank Shale and Pep. Black Pepper Gang. Slim. Oh, you know I know Slim. Slim and Slip Gun. So those are the Colsons? No. Colsons are good guys. Oh, they were good guys. Yeah. Pete? Pete Colson? I don't think so, but I don't know. Maybe. I don't either. Yeah. It just seems right. But. It's like a Pete. This is a winter's book instead of a summer's book. Which was awesome. That makes everything, like the stakes have just raised. Yeah. Because I'm thinking about that horseback chase and everything. And they fell through ice. Like, there was ice and stuff in the mountains of Montana, but, like, this is all about blizzards. Yeah, which Chet makes a good point of uh, it's just a regular blizzard, and I believe he actually ordered the the large. Nicely done. Yeah, that's a a very obscure reference to a portion of the book we did not cover. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So in this original... They take Jadbury Wilson back to Gertrude. And well, Jad has also, Jadbury Wilson, I'm sorry. Thank you. Jadbury Wilson has also been reminding everyone that, no, it's okay. There's nothing on my body that's broken. But he keeps saying it. Like, I'm 100% sure. Something's broken. Everything in his body is just rubber at this point. He has no bones. They're all just shredded and dust. Structure's gone. Yeah. (laughs) It's like they loaded him in a... In a did they get him in a sled or something? In all yeah. reality, they put this man in a cup. Like, <laughs> he's him, soup. Poured him into a bucket <laughs> yeah. and dragged him home. But similar then to the uh, rewrite, they get a letter from Fenton, who's been working this case out in Montana. Yeah. And he says, boys, I need you to come out and help me. Go to Chicago. They, and yes. I'm going to give you a letter in Chicago at the hotel. Well, also... Old Jad, Jadberry Wilson, yeah. and Aunt Gertrude. Does that become a thing? Because this is the same thing that happened with Mike Onslow. Yeah, and like Gertrude is showing an interest in the in the injured bird. Yeah. Oh yeah, she loves it. Yeah, she's yeah. into it. They have this whole like idiom fight too. Yeah. Oh, it's a it's a <laughs> cute awesome. it's a cute dynamic the yeah. two of them. But after telling them all the stories about being out west and stuff. Um, there's there's one story I want to go back to, but Jadbury's telling them, okay, you're going to go Jadbury out west Wilson. to help your dad, Jadbury Wilson. Uh, and I highlighted the line. Um, they're saying, you know, oh, we'd love to go out there, said Joe wistfully. It ain't all beer and Skittles, <laughs> said Jadbury Wilson. <laughs> I went in my phone and I looked up, when did Skittles come out? Then I realized that's not the Skittles he's talking about. Oh, he's not? Not like the Skittle candy. What? They what? didn't come out until 1979. Really? Yeah. Well, what were Skittles before then? Well, I didn't look into that part. I just looked into uh, <laughs> when did Skittles come out? 
I know uh, I played this game back in the day. It was an older game called Skittle Bowling, and the Skittles were just uh, the pins. I'll type in... No, Skittles. What does Skittles mean? 1930. English nine pins. Play. So it's, it, it is bowling. Okay, yeah. English yeah. nine pins played with a wooden disc or ball. So, yeah, this is saying like it's not all beer and bowling. It's not yeah. all fun and games. Dude, that's a, that's a great idiom. Beer and bowling. It's not all beer. I like Skittles more, but yeah, the alliteration like there more. works. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Um, he had a few more... Uh, He's got Great a lot of one lines. Gems, yeah. man. Yeah, he's a, he's a guy. Gems. He's a guy who knows how to be colorful with his language. Oh yeah, he paints a picture, and uh, the Hardy Boys point it out too. They're like the way that guy talks. I like that. Which I thought this whole book was going to be them testing out their own idioms that they don't know. They're just trying to make up. This book is also not just testing their own idioms, but testing their ability to visually judge someone. <laughs> they give an ocular pat down, a clear them for passing. Well, it makes sense. They the first time in their life they're wearing horn rim spectacles. That whole <laughs> scene is fantastic. Um, but quickly, our father's out in Montana now. He wants us to go. It's a queer sounding place called Lucky Bottom, and this Lucky is what they Bottom. renamed Lucky Load. Yes, in the new book. Yeah, I think I like the alliteration. That's fine. Load L O D E is also like. Uh, a mining term, like you get your load. Oh, I didn't know uh, that. Yeah. That makes it way cooler. Yeah. Because I like lucky bottom, because when you strike it at the bottom, that's where the gold is. Get to the bottom of the vein. Get to the bottom of the tap. Yeah. And I also love it because I'm immature. It's just bottom. I'm just like, lucky butt. It's kind of like It's butt. like a butt. <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> that's pretty good, right? <laughs> you said butt. But we have to go, but we have to go back. Because there's a whole chapter where in these originals, yeah. Chet is usually given a platform. Always. To perform. Always. And he's used this for hilarious antics such as stealing his friend's clothing and tying it in a knot. <laughs> uh, for hitting someone, striking them with a beam while with they the, were stuck yeah. in a window. <laughs> Just hilarious stuff. Playing a prank Stealing on him. Stealing tractors. Uh, the, uh... He had a horn that he was... Beeping for old Lem Billers. That's what it was. The laziest man in seven counties. Nine counties. Nine. Was it nine? Laziest man in nine counties. <sighs> what a spread. And uh, and this this book did not disappoint. Only we added to it that the person he was pranking <laughs> was a police officer. Good old Constable Riley. Oh, none other than oh, Con sorry. Riley. Not Constable Riley. Officer. Officer, yeah. Con Riley. Yeah. Who becomes Constable Riley in the new books. Oh, yeah. I don't remember him in the new books. He, he was, was just in the first one, right? Uh, he helps them out at some point. Like, Constable Riley helps the boys do something. Yeah, he becomes a one-off one character. Yeah. but Which he is not helping the boys in this no, one. No, he is their advocate. Like, they call him their nemesis. No, that's his introduction. Yeah. Good like, memory. And with a capital N. <laughs> when they see their nemesis. <laughs> but oh, I love that. what happens is... Uh, it's in the chapter. The chapter is just called Con Riley Under Fire. Um, but so they go, uh, they go sledding. Well, it's because uh, they find out school was closed because the uh, blizzard blew the off blizzard the roof. was so strong it blew off the roof of the high school. In which Joe gave a whoop of delight and danced around the chair. And Gertrude had to look at him and say, "Well, ten janitors are dead, Joe." 
principal's car was on that room. Jesus, read the room. <laughs> read the room, Joe. Uh, but so they uh, they go sledding with all their schoolmates. Um, and let's see. Uh, sorry, also... not even the. For half an hour or more, the sliding and sledding continued, the boys having the time of their lives, and then Nemesis with a capital oh, N. Man. Nemesis appeared on the scene in the person of Officer Con Riley. What an Nemesis as a as an uh, abstract but dun, proper noun. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, cue the wrestling music. <laughs> this is the brood oh, coming. Oh, you didn't know. <laughs> Uh, so Con Riley, <laughs> now entering the Titan Tron, was the sworn enemy of the youth of Bayport, a stolid, thick-set individual with more dignity and self-importance than brains. Oof. And he took his responsibility of his position on the Bayport police force very seriously. Um, and he tells them, you got to stop sledding, citing an old ordinance that you can't sled outside of a park because... This ordinance was about they didn't want people sliding onto the train tracks. Yeah, which and makes sense. And the kids were like, there's no train tracks around. And he's like, that's the ordinance. If you sled, I'm going to I'm gonna arrest you or shoot you or something. <laughs> so they stop sledding, and they get ready to have a snowball fight. Yeah. And they build these two snow forts facing one another which to have this awesome. epic snowball fight. Yeah. They set the scene. Then old Chet. <laughs> As he does. Positions himself in a way where that when he throws the snowball, it accidentally, upon him slipping suddenly, <laughs> smokes Con Riley in the face. Which is a terrible idea, uh, because I think Con is winning this snowball fight as his snowballs are 9 by 23 millimeter semi-rimmed 130 grain bullets with 398 foot-pound force of high-octane muzzle energy. That's impressive. Take yeah. a breath. You earned yeah. it. That was a good. That was a good little a soliloquy of, there. Sip of water there. Yeah. Um, but so when Khan gives chase, old Chet runs right between those two snow forts, and what do you think happens? I think he's about to smoke old Khan Riley in the face. Assault. <laughs> Full on ambush. Everyone starts throwing snowballs at old Khan Riley until he's incapacitated. <laughs> And has to limp away, and then he goes downtown to check on old people instead. What are they packing these balls with? Good Lord. But yes, this children's book has an entire <laughs> chapter dedicated to high schoolers assaulting a police officer. If they were like eight or nine, this would totally be acceptable and awesome. But yeah, these, it makes a bold point of letting us know these boys are 15 and 16 years old and that they like Iola Morton and uh, Callie Shaw. Shaw and that Joe only glances at Morton. Yeah. Just can give a little glance. Yeah. It's the only girl he'll glance at. So that's the most he's given anyway. Yeah. You're not getting a full, listen, I'm a glancer. I'm a full on glancer. <laughs> you're not I'm Sir Glancelot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. He's always side-eyeing me. <laughs> Sir, glance a lot. That's, that's very, very good. Please put that in your names. I will. Your yeah, my awesome names. names right next to... Uh, oh, how am I blanking out on old Jeb's name? Jed Jeb Barry Wilson? Jed, 
What is it? Jad Berry. Jad Berry. All one word. Not Jad space Berry. Jad Berry. Jad Berry. But so yeah, they spend a whole chapter assaulting a police officer and showing a disrespect for law enforcement in general, which is consistent throughout this book. Classic. We meet, a, we meet a sheriff later. Yeah. Who's a crooked little dude, and they have to demand that he lock up a criminal. Oh uh, whoa. Yeah. Spoiler. Oh man, yeah. But uh, but yeah, by chapter thirteen, I'm trying to think of what you've gotten to that's been different. Have they made it? Uh, have they had their train mishaps yet? The train mishaps have happened, and they have finally made it to their dad. Is okay. where I'm at. There, yeah. Uh, there's a lot different. I think the entire book is different. Um, it is and it isn't. It starts to so the, they start to mold together. Yeah. Um. But they because uh, this whole one has so we've already talked a little bit about uh, the old chicken fight and how that's different. Though yeah. I guess it is. It's taking a similar scene, just changing the characters and the actual fight, but the same sort of yeah. playground. But they also realize when they're going on a train that they don't want to be noticed after after they're kidnapped. Yes, twice. Yes, <laughs> they're like, me over the maybe head. we should stop walking around together identifying ourselves as the Hardy Boys. So they're yeah. like, we're going to sit in some different places. We're not going to walk onto the train together. And we're going to go in a disguise. With fake names, And too. instead of going to one of the four wig shops in Bayport, <laughs> they come up with the best way to conceal their identity. And that is... I think, said Frank, that the very simplest way for us to disguise ourselves would be to wear spectacles. <laughs> if they chance to be looking for us, they'll never think of looking for two boys wearing glasses. <laughs> this, as I read that, <laughs> as I read that, makes me understand how, when it was written, all Clark Kent had to do was pop on some oh glasses. Oh my God, good pool. Because Superman would never wear spectacles no and i thought how they go on and we'll get into this a little bit uh, yeah i was hoping you would how they go on talking about the boys as they wear glasses is really offensive to any kid that might be reading this That's while wearing thought, glasses the thing that came through my mind is there's all these kids pulling out their reading glasses to read their little favorite childhood book and it's just destroying them like no person in glasses would ever go on an adventure yeah i was like no don't crush these people uh it's fantastic they so also they're frank, fake names oh yeah those those two are fantastic frank was fitted with a pair of horn-rimmed glasses that gave him a studious and benevolent expression there it is joe bought a pair of cheap spectacles with plain rims the transformation was remarkable. <laughs> and then this is the part I highlighted. Instead of a pair of merry, bright-eyed lads, one saw two solemn, nearsighted boys who looked for all the world as though they had never had an unrestrained boyish impulse in all their lives. Oh, my God. Just Duds. Obliterated anyone in glasses. Duds of children. I like to think the reason the transformation was remarkable is because they were really actually nearsighted and they needed the glasses. So they're used to just seeing themselves as blobs. And then they put it on. <laughs> what is all of this? Who are you? Yeah. They don't know what eyes are. <laughs> <laughs> so it's they like schizophrenics. Uh, so then they bought books. And when it came time for them to catch their train, no one would have recognized in the two sad-faced, bespectacled, 
earnest young students, <laughs> the irrepressible Hardy Boys of Bayport. That is just beautifully written. Mm. That is beautifully written. And uh, sure enough, they sit in some different spots, and uh, some people come on the train looking for them. And they... Uh, well, before that, don't they sit in their hotel room, and they discuss their fake names. Oh, yeah. I skipped past that. Where in which uh, Frank goes with Charles Norton. And Joe, of course, is William Hill of Cleveland, Ohio. And I like to imagine they're spitballing where Joe's just like, I want to do something that's like a play on Hillbilly. And he just thinks about it. He's oh. like, Hillbilly. Billy Hill. Billy Hill. William Hill. It's perfect. Yeah. And then he asks. He asked Frank, what are you going to be? It's going to be, I'm going to be Steve. I want to be Steve. I, I want to be Kyle. <laughs> You're Carl. You're Carl. So they the stealing Harvard reference to all those out there who again, uh, haven't seen again. the amazing movie if yet. If you're new to the podcast, haven't listened to every episode yet, this is not <laughs> the first time that that scene in particular from stealing Harvard has come has up. Has played out, yeah. Tom Green's opus. Yeah. Um. So they, they're at these next stations, uh, and Frank gets out and walks up and down the platform. Um, and uh, a rough-looking man in a fur hat and a Mackinac lounged down the platform and swung himself up into the train. He appeared Ooh. to be looking for someone. When Frank saw him next, he was descending from one of the coaches far ahead. He came back to the platform again, and there was joined by another man, a villainous-looking fellow with a black beard. Oh. By the way, villainous-looking. There are two kinds of people in this book. There's villainous-looking <laughs> people, and there's an honest-faced man. Yeah. Um, and if there's one's no looking villainous... Yeah, and those hold up true. No one breaks expectations here. <laughs> uh, did you see anything of them hardy boys? Asked the bearded man in a low tone of voice. Frank, who was standing close by, could not help but overhear. He was electrified by astonishment. Ooh. The man who had gone through the train shook his head. Nary a sign of him on that train, he said. I can't figure out what happened. There ain't been anyone. Uh, there ain't been one on any train that's passed through here. We're sure of that. Um, maybe if they didn't get out of Chicago, maybe the boys would have picked up their train again and caught them. Uh, you sure you went through all the train? Right through. There was no two boys on it. There was one lad sitting in the Pullman reading a book, but he wasn't like the description of either one of them. Wore glasses. <laughs> Looked like he was a regular little willy boy. <laughs> and that's when Joe stands up and says, Willy boy, I'm William Hill of Cleveland, Ohio. Thank you. Is that really in the book? Page 1987. <laughs> wore glasses. Looked as if he was a regular little willy boy. Oh, what a great pull. <laughs> And then his, uh, his compatriot responds, wore glasses, huh? Well, he wasn't one of the Hardy Boys then. They don't wear glasses. <laughs> Solid. Solid detective work by everybody. This is straight out of a naked gun repeat. How is this taken seriously? It's a willy boy. Oh, uh, I it like couldn't that. be the Hardy Boys. <laughs> I like that way too much. Oh, 
Give me a second. Let me catch myself as I write uh, down Willie Boy. <laughs> little, a regular little Willie Boy. Little Willie Boy. Is going so to here. all the Hardy Boys fans who are wearing glasses, <laughs> Our little to Willy all boys. you little Willie Boys. Can that be one of the awards? The Willie Boy Award? The Willy, <laughs> little Willie Boy. I wish it would be a mystery who we would give that to. We know exactly who's getting the Little Willy Boy Award. I'm changing Brett Hoisting in my phone right now. The Little Willy Boy. Little Willy Hoy. It's oh. <laughs> oh, brutal. That's solid. That's so uh, he wears glasses, too. He does. Little horn rim ones. He looks like he's never had a boyish adventure I think he's from Ohio life. as well. Yeah. <laughs> Is he really? No, he's he's from uh, Oregon. Yeah, he went to Springfield for school. He's got family in Seattle. Huh. God, where is Brett Hoy from? Where he's from little, all over. Where is little Willie Hoy? Little Willie Hoy. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's well, so good. I think. At the very least, we should take a break. Yeah, yeah. Do we want to split this into another episode, or do we want to come back a little more on this one? Uh, I don't know how much... uh, It's tapping out to the things I know, so that's up to you. I say we take a little break. I want you to peruse the book a little bit more. I may give you a chapter or two to read. Okay, I like that. Uh, We'll focus on that, and then we'll come back and finish up the comparisons. Yeah. Sounds good? Yeah, sounds good. So with that... Boys took a break. We ended the episode. The we boys just said ended the episode. <laughs> <laughs>